Welcome back to First World Solutions, the problem-solving show for people who don't necessarily need one. I'm Joel. I'm Oscar. I'm Tom. This has been a very serene opening. I'm... I am in one of those moods where, where I feel good and I just want to mellow in it for a minute. Will you indulge me? Uh, what, are you just suggesting two minutes of contemplative silence? I mean, we can cut it out. <laughs> so what's so, can we, all... we edit in a very loud noise? We all instead? know. What's the most anti-meditative noise? Air horn. We can think of. Construction work. Mm. Construction work's more sporadic. Air horn construction work. <laughs> they're building a big Well, air I mean, horn. they use pneumatic drills, which use air, so they're only one step removed, really. Oh, wait, so every single time the drill goes down, you get like... You just get an air horn re-triggering that quickly. Yeah, it's just really short, so you only hear the attack of it, you don't hear the note. That would end up sounding like a sandstorm pretty quickly. Yeah. It didn't come out of nowhere. <laughs> do you reckon Samson that... was played on a pneumatic air horn drill. <laughs> do you reckon do you reckon Darude is a construction worker by day? Was. And he just went like chunk, 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 on his <laughs> on his drill and went, Oh my god. It's a tale as old as time. Construction worker makes their way out of the workyard. <laughs> I don't know where they were. <laughs> makes his way out of the workyard by sampling tools to make a dance classic. I mean Robert Myers, children. Yeah, that was just a hammer. That was drills. Tail just one hammer. Scooter actually was named after the scooters they used to go between <laughs> building sites and the sounds that they made. Yeah, they didn't have cars. No, no, they had to scoot everywhere. When you, we, you know, you pen- pinching pennies to save up for Air horn frost- drills. frosted tips and sunglasses. Literally, every single dance DJ from the '90s to early 2000s were actually builders first. Yeah, I mean what? the Venga Boys used to actually be called. Fun fact: the Jenga Boys because they used to build things so high. Yeah. But then they got lost in translation a little bit. Yeah. There it. was also a lawsuit with structural integrity, and it, <laughs> it, it 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 was a bad scene. It really was. So they went to a different scene, the dance scene, and made their money there. Wait, and... I've got another one. ATB, JCV. Okay, fine. <laughs> I said JCV. Damn. I've made myself look like a prize asshole. Edit it in. Quickly, say B. JCB. First Very time. Nice. Ah, nice. You nailed it. <laughs> We're so good at jokes. <laughs> what a funny joke. So what the Venga Boys did, or the Jenga Boys, is they found a first world solution to their problem of being sued by people for the houses collapse. The houses collapse. The houses co- they, they did the housing collapse? No, no, their houses just collapsed. Oh, okay. <laughs> if you get a load of dance DJs to build your house, it's probably going to collapse. Especially if they stack them three by three with no brick or mortar <laughs> or anything. It's just wood. And every time they want an extension, they have to take it from part of the house. In mm. your drawings, it had more doors. <laughs> Lots of windows there. You can make your own doors. Just <laughs> but pull. you have to take the walls first. Oh, God. It's what a about, horrifying image. It's all about compromise. I, I quite mm. like that idea, though, of a modular house. So you have, like... A house made of 12 bits, mm. and it just goes straight up in a two up, two down. But what if you just want a really big bungalow? Then you could take the top mm. floor off and kind of jenga it into a long house. And you look down at a street and you see the different ways in which people have arranged them. Like, ah, oh, the Johnsons have done something pretty interesting with theirs. They have a garage, no roof or walls, but a garage. <laughs> Interestingly, the Smiths down the road have just gone a person wide, very, very, very long corridor. Hmm. Or a very, very, very tall tower. Not for me, but I respect that they can do it. Yeah. <laughs> so that's what we do here on the show. We come up with first world solutions to your first world problems. Problems that you probably, you could just keep quiet about if you want to. You could probably not mention them, but do mention them and then we'll give you a solution and it'll be everything you ever dreamed and probably more and probably a lot less as well. Mostly less. Mostly less. Who wants to kick us off this week? I've got a very, uh, very small one. Okay. This is from Cajom. On Reddit, thank you, Cajon, mm. who simply says, one muffin is three servings. 
What? What does he mean by that? One muffin is three servings. What? I didn't say what did he say by that. One muffin is three servings. So on the box, when they say, like, the calories and that, they're saying have a third of a muffin. Is yeah, that what he's sa- saying? They're saying that one human being can only mm. have a third of a muffin per It's time. the same with cereal. They market cereal as, like, healthy cereal for children because a serving is 20 grams of cereal. It, no, it's not 20. 20 or 30. I think it might have gone down to 20 as they put more sugar in. Jesus Christ. So, so if you if you get a, a cluster cereal, that's like two clusters in a oh, bowl you're meant of to, milk. You're meant to eat them individually. You yeah. take a cluster. That's breakfast. And you make it last yeah. until lunch. You ration your breakfast. You take a pipette of milk. <laughs> it's much funnier to me to have the idea of a big bowl just with two <laughs> clusters floating around in it. Oh, What are you going to use the jacuzzi for during winter? Milk. Hot milk. Hot, warm hot, milk. Hot, chlorine milk. <laughs> With one cluster. <laughs> Floating aimlessly around, looking like a lost dumpling in a sea of soup. What are you doing out there? Breakfast. <laughs> <laughs> You're going to be late for school. Look, I've been swimming around in here for 20 minutes and I haven't found a single grain. <laughs> you could have given me more than a sieve. I thought there were oats in here. You lied to me. <laughs> if you put oats in a jacuzzi, would it make big porridge? Potentially, but then what happens if you try and turn the bubbles on? Oh, slow bubbles. <laughs> oh, like, you know those, like, kind of, um, like, bogs where they have, like, the heat coming mm. up and those occasional, like, yeah. little bubbles. Oh, But people do, like, oat, not baths, but, like, they put, like, a salve people on, don't they? People don't do oat baths. They they like an, like baths. an oat salve. Like, yeah. Milk bath, I believe. Like, oat, like, porridge bath. I, can't, I mean... You're saying that no one's ever had a milk bath. And like brought a nature valley along. A drop. And and things have gotten crazy. Well, no, you have a bite and suddenly your bath is full of oats. One thing led to another. <laughs> like the fire the fire brigade's been called and they're trying to cut you out of a bath that's like gone cement like hard if you've left some porridge too long. You made a nice warm milk bath. You thought you'd have a nature valley bath. Some crumbs went down. You thought nothing of it. You relaxed. Mm. The crumbs homogenized into a big gluey mess you woke up and you were frozen stuck because that's the thing cold porridge becomes akin to some kind of cement it yeah. really does so yeah you strong jenga houses with so is this getting us any closer to a solution for muffins being See, pre-serving this is the thing oh, that's what the problem was it was well the the problem is that the <laughs> serving suggested servings are absolutely terrible yeah because they either a guilt you into feeling fat or kind of guilt you into having a really unsatisfying meal. Mm. So what you're saying is either we balloon up portion and serving sizes mm. to the point where one serving is an acceptable meal, or we have another fix. Well, not even that it's an acceptable meal, that it's a realistic interpretation of how people are consuming that food. I think... So a muffin, in its general sense, is like... purest form. Well, no. As in its conceptual state... Crude muffin. This muffin's been cut with bagel. Unrefined muffin. From the tap. Tap the muffin vein. (laughs) Is... The peaks of the Himalayas. Just go in like a little hammer. Uh, (laughs) Imagine just striking the wall of a mountain. It's just the texture of muffins. Mount Muff. Um, (laughs) Is basically a small cake, right? Yeah. Yes. If you were to take the uh, makeup? No, structure of a three-tier cake, Mm. it's bit of cake, icing, bit of cake, icing, bit of cake, top of the cake. So are you suggesting a three-tier muffin? I think if you take a muffin and put it down to three tiers, but you know cheese singles, they've got 
individual wrapping on them and then they're all stacked up together so that the cheese is never touching. Okay, yeah. yeah. If you kind of apply the same packaging, it is going to be a lot more wasteful. But if you apply the same packaging to three-tiered muffins, you got top bit inside its own little plastic sleeve. Take that off, unwrap it, eat the top bit. The other two are still fresh and then you can go back for a second serving later on. I think you may have actually cracked this because you're right, cheese singles... They are wrapped individually, but I have never known a single person to eat a cheese single from the packet and only have the one. Mm. Mm. So it doesn't matter if that's the serving it thinks you should have. You're going to have loads. But if we say that all food needs to be divvied up into their individual servings... Yeah, I mean, coming back to cereal, they do it with the individual portion cereal boxes. Oh, they do, the little kids variety packs, Yeah. yeah. That's how much you're meant to have, which is why you have like two or three for breakfast. Yeah. Because they're not filling. Oh, see, I'm now I'm just imagining like, you know, a big cereal box. Mm. That just with loads of individual packets inside. Like little clear bags full of a portion full. Each cocoa pop individually wrapped <laughs> for <laughs> freshness. Oh, like vacuum sealed. Boxes are going to get bigger, but nothing else good will happen. No. Well, the fact is that like, if you want to be law-abiding, mm. you can be. However, if you want to eat like the pig you are normally... You've got to put a lot more effort in. Well, actually, yeah. well, this is the thing. Will it make you feel worse to eat three individually wrapped parts of I muffin think, rather than one muffin? I think if you change the shape of a muffin so that each part is the same, rather than having that mushroomy top... That's the thing. The mushroomy top is going to be the one you want because that's got the chip sticking out of it. Yeah. You what if go- we just stop selling muffin bottoms? Because everyone hates them anyway. What if instead of having oh. a muffin, you had three muffin tops? So it just looks like a mushroom cap. Three with- thins. Yeah, muffin thins. Oh, no, the top's the muff. Muffinettes. Muffin- muffinettes is good. We could sell some muffinettes. And they're just the tops. So, like, the food we have right now doesn't change. Mm. Like, it's all fine. However, for those wanting to follow the recommended daily servings, we just invent new versions of all these foods that are the exact uh, servings, and we just work out the best way of presenting that to, to present still be a food. Yeah. So with a muffin, just the tops. Pizza? Um, just the sauce. And the cheese. <laughs> no bread. Okay. Isn't... Okay. Well, no, because you need the constituent part of all the food. Yeah, you need all the food. Yeah, and the th- this is the thing. A couple of slices of pizza doesn't look appealing. Mm. A mini pizza seems too small. I think reverse pizza, you have the slices facing outwards in a star direction. Ooh. Okay. Would you not eat that? I still feel like I'd eat all of them. So, no, that's the thing. You, you take however many slices it is, maybe three or four is the correct serving, mm. and instead of Ooh. having them lined up, you turn them around into like a fanning outwards. I've got it. What? Darily triangles. That's how you serve pizza. So each one is... Each big pizza box, you open it up and it's 12 foil sealed (laughs) slices of pizza. In a pizza shape. In a pizza shape. Yeah, so it's still a circle. Because that's... You're not going to change... Pizza looks like pizza. Everybody knows that. But individually wrap each slice in the pizza box and you'll be like, okay, I'll just have one. Because I'm not going to go through wrapping 12 of them. Okay, interesting. What about things like ready meals? Uh, Well, ready meals are pre-portioned, aren't they? Well, they are, but the thing is like... Well, they're pre-portioned, but they're not... They're still not, though. Like, a ready meal curry, for one, is two portions. Mm. Yeah. And the thing is, if you half that, that's not appealing. You don't You don't look at that and think, yeah, that's a meal, because nobody eats that. So how do you present that to it better? Just Sell it as... A... <laughs> <laughs> I feel like there was some pushback on that one. Um, jars. Just kind of shock. Just, it, I was, yeah. It was jars. so authoritative. Jars, jars of ready meal. <laughs> well, no, no, no. Oh. You know... You can get, you can buy, so you've used curry as an example. That's a good one. You can, mm-hmm. you can get curry sauce in a jar and that is two servings. That's like three servings and then yeah, it's too yeah. much for one person. It's just about enough for two people. 
you take that down to the amount it would be for one numerical serving in a jar. And like, you, you know, if you buy fancy jams, like little, little fancy jams, <laughs> little fancy jams, they come in like a little holder thing with three, you know, there's a variety of them. Yeah. So you have a little raspberry, a little strawberry, a little marmalade or whatever. It's just that, but all the parts of it. So you get one little jar of sauce, mm. one little jar of vegetables, one little jar of rice. Okay. Okay. You're still putting elements together, mm. but it's a lot smaller. It's so it's one, it's one serving. Now, I like where your head's at, but when you said jars, I didn't imagine jars plural. I imagined one jar with every constituent mm. part of the meal stuffed into People it. People do salads in a jar. Yeah. With the dressing at the bottom and then you upturn yeah. it to... So why don't we do all meals in a jar? Jar meals. Jar meals. Jeels. No. <laughs> uh, Mars. <laughs> no. My uh, Jeels. Someone help. Uh, hey, a tasty Jeel. So like a curry Jeel would be. <laughs> I'm, I'm running with it until someone else finds something. A it curry. Sounds like the curry has congeal. Yes. So the curry Jeel. No. Rice on the bottom. Curry in the middle. Very very squashed naan on top. And then lid. Vacuum sealed yeah. naan. So when you open the lid of the jam, the, the naan just kind of springs outward like a kind of defense mechanism. When you break the geel seal. <laughs> the seal of the geel. Vacuum geel jar. The seal of the geel sounds like an old cult. It does, it does. It sounds yeah. like something like surrounding like the I'm 11th, 11th level of the order of the seal of the geel. <laughs> Follow and the tenets and you can be a super sealer. Well, and maybe that's how we market this, like a kind of cult. We have, Historically, it's a great... It's always a good way to get people on board. Great take, yeah. Cultify your supply. Exactly. So let's just run a couple of other foods through the geo system. Curry we know works. Yep. Salad already exists, apparently. We'll, yep. we'll get them in small claims court. What about a pizza? Okay. Um, I think we stick with the Daily Triangles approach. Yeah, but now works. the pizza box is a very wide, very short jar. <laughs> Imagine trying to take the lid off that. Like, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It's still like a kind of bonbon setup with like the gingham on top. <laughs> Yeah, but, you, but, but it's really long, very flat, and it's like trying to open a manhole cover. Yeah, yeah I was just thinking manhole cover. That's so you put it down, like. and then I guess you one hand on each side, and just sort of same as you do with a regular jar, but very, very wide, very, very large, very wide. Okay, how about fish and chips? Fish and chips. Uh, That's chips arranged vertically. Oh, and then the fish in the center. No, I'm thinking chips on top, fish on the bottom, <laughs> salt and vinegar. Like, in a breakable capsule in the middle. Okay, where do the mushy peas sit? Uh, in a different room. On, yeah. I, I mean, mean, I'd agree with you, you but a lot a much, of people wouldn't. You buy mm. an external smaller jar for mushy peas, they're not yeah, as much of a it's part. an addendum. Yeah. <laughs> it's an addendum. Okay, yeah. fair enough. The jar expansion pack. Yeah. One final challenge. Okay. A roast geel. So, gravy's at the very bottom. Yeah. Okay. Followed by bread sauce. No, mm. never the bread sauce. Let's just run with okay, his the, ideal Okay, roast. fine. The bread sauce oh, can God. be in the, no. another addendum. We'll t- no, tell you what. Bread sauce is kind of one of three flavours. You could either have bread, cranberry, or... What's another sauce? Gravy. gravy. No, gravy's always at the bottom. Okay, no, gravy's in without gravy. Okay. Ooh, maybe it's like... Um... <laughs> Today, I'll be playing the part of shout one word <laughs> and <laughs> suggestions. So far, I'm two for two. Okay, so we've got cranberry sauce, bread sauce, or mint sauce. Yeah. That goes into the sauce slot. So the jar has a little cavity that you put in your sauce disc. A sauce lock. (laughs) A sauce lock, yeah. So your gravy at the bottom, then your sauce lock, then I guess the potatoes, then the stuffing. This is a very big jar. Yeah. Well, it's got to be a portion size. Is there an entire roast chicken in the jar? (laughs) 
Well, there'd be a few slices. I yeah, think. that's not a portion. This this has mm. to be one has serving. To be one single portion. Okay, so well, yeah, what? Well, yeah, so there's like two sprouts. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, that's yeah. One carrot like piercing through the whole thing. Yeah, one carrot is like the core. Like you know, there's Ben and, <laughs> ben and Jerry like core core ice creams. It's just a carrot in the middle. In the same way that you serve like burgers with a knife in. Yeah. Just roast with a carrot in. <laughs> Yeah, I like that to keep it all okay. together. You maybe the jar, maybe you can't see what's in the jar because the entire jar is just a Yorkshire pudding. <gasps> yes, you're a genius. So gravy on the bottom, all this stuff, and then it kind of lids over with Yorkshire pudding and then yeah. it's just jar on the outside. So you put the jar in the oven and then when it's ready, you open it up and then just upturn it onto a plate and then it all kind of... It stays. Stays. Yes. It stays <laughs> retains its shape and you the carve gra- into it. Oh. The gravy has set yeah. in the oven. <laughs> Because nobody does fucking gravy in the oven. (laughs) (laughs) Mm, Baked gravy, my favourite. Like glaze on a ceramic, the gravy (laughs) has acted as the binding agent. I've got to be honest, a gravy glaze on potatoes sounds incredible. A gravy glaze on anything sounds perfect. Yeah, but I'm talking about a ceramic glaze that is hard and shiny and holds it all together. You're not... Have you ever had creme brulee? I suppose. Like that, but gravy. Gravy brulee. Creme brulee (laughs) <laughs> creme brulee it <laughs> creme brulee gravy creme believable I'm sorry I'm having a moment let's carry on <laughs> I don't think we need to I think Jeels has it sorted yeah. yeah still not sold on the branding yeah five seconds food tube food tube food tube for tube no food tube nope no you know what I'm gonna bastardize Joel's suggestion just, as much, just for spite now for tube it for is for tube I like food tube. Food tube. For tube. Food by the foot. Because you have frubes. Yep. Which are fruit tube yogurt things. Okay. So maybe we just have the foob. The foob. Which is a food tube. Foob. Foob. <laughs> F-U-B-E. Or F-U F- with a umlau B. Foob. Foob. <laughs> we have the goo puddings, don't you? Which is just see <laughs> Yeah, is that the what Do you think it's the umlau that makes them classy? Goo. Yeah. So foob. Goo. Everyone's like, ooh. Okay, foob. I'll get me a roast foob. <laughs> Okay, so what's our original line of foods? Uh, roast. Pizza. Pizza. Okay. Curry. Yeah. Curry. We need a healthy option in there that's not salad, because um, we know that we'll get soup. Maybe like a quinoa-based sort of, or a couscous. Mediterranean chicken couscous. Chicken couscous, Stuffed yeah. Stuffed peppers foob. The Stuff- outside is a pepper, and the mm. inside is all the couscous filling stuff. Yeah. And, and then, then it's in a food. And you've got a bit of like cheese or something on the top. And the, mm. yeah, yeah, there you go. There's a food. Fib. Fib. <laughs> now, is a fib something you prep yourself? Or is it something you buy wholesale from It's like a, a ready shop? meal. Uh, okay. Yeah, it's like a ready meal. It's it's, it's a very hot jar. It's, oh, it's already cooked in the supermarket. Yeah. <laughs> you buy it, you have to run home. Yeah, you, you it's from it. the hot food aisle. It's the hot food aisle. Oh, yeah, they have, like, the chickens in bags. Yeah. That's a weird enough thing to buy in a supermarket. Exactly. So you can go and get hot food instead. I'm going to go get my food. <laughs> pop out, get some milk, get some bin bags, and get a bag of chicken. Strange. Very strange. strange but that exists, story. so I feel like food will nestle in perfectly alongside it. I think so. People buy pasties. That's essentially a pastry food. Pastry. The savoury jar of the <laughs> food world. <laughs> pastry the savoury jar. I'm fine with that. All right. Food. After the geel coup, I am fine, but food, food works. I like food. I'll do. Maybe it's like Coke and Pepsi. 
Oh, so, so am I going to launch my rival company, Geo? Yeah, well, we don't want to be accused of having a monopoly because obviously this is going to pick up in a oh, major way. So okay. we need two sister companies that are completely not affiliated. Geo <laughs> and definitely not food. driving sales to each other. Like Adidas and Puma, Geo and Fib. Geo and Fib, the classic rivalry. Yeah. And we we have, have adverts just being like, now close your eyes and try this meal in a jar. <laughs> Did you think that was Fib? It's like, well, of course it was. Wrong. You're an it idiot. Was, it was an off brand. <laughs> <laughs> okay. You don't have to pay for premium Jeal. Premium Jeal. Premium Jeal. I hate and love it. Mm. I think that's probably the best reaction we can have. Yeah. Two Fixed. sister companies, one portion size for each meal. You are welcome. Tom, you had a suggestion lined up. Yes, it was Foob and Jeal. Oh. Oscar, you had a suggestion <laughs> lined up. Yes. Yes, I did. Now, for this one, uh, I'm going to need some... I say audience participation. We could be here a while. Tom, I need you to help me read this one out because it's a dramatic reading as a problem. That's absolutely fine. What voice are you requiring? I think, you're, well, the two characters are Lexi and Ryan. Which one do you like the sound of? Uh, tell me a bit about Ryan. What are his likes and dislikes? It is a tweet. I cannot tell you that much information. What are you picturing with Ryan? I think Ryan has a moustache. I think Ryan is incredulous. I think Ryan just got in from work. Okay. And the other one is Lexi. Okay, I'm I'm gonna pick I'm gonna pick Ryan, and I'm just gonna are you quite naturalistic? I'm gonna downplay it and just make sure it's really you know it's really true, really honest. And I'm not giving you enough time as you usually like to find the character and really inhabit them. Yeah, but absolutely. Let's just see what we can do with okay. the uh, with the time as it is. Okay, so cool. yeah, this tweet comes from shit Lexi says. So I'll be playing the part of the titular Lexi. Okay, and uh, here we go. <clears throat> ah, oh my god! What? 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 My headphones almost got in my hummus. <laughs> and see. Tom, you did, you, did, you did great there. I really felt, really felt Ryan's motivation. When, when are we touring this? <laughs> well, I've got a couple of, um, couple of investors lined up. We're going to be having meetings throughout the week. Um, there, there's an old adage in screenplay writing, yes. which is, if your play could start and end on line three, you haven't got a play. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, if Lexi had come on the stage and gone, what the fuck, what was the line? My headphones almost fell in my hummus. Yeah. And scene. You haven't lost any information. Ryan doesn't need to be there. Four out of ten. <laughs> Had some good themes. I mean, I, no, I, I understand it's difficult to visualise without the set. There's going to be... <laughs> A it's giant 50-foot like, pot of hummus. It's full on, like, um, West End Lion King. Yeah. Moving stage... <laughs> Different scene, costume changes, hummus yeah. masks. You haven't, you haven't <laughs> taken into account the score, obviously. Full minutes. orchestra, full orchestra. Um, so, boiled down past the the bells and whistles mm. of its play. Thank you once again, Tom, for playing the part of Ryan. That's quite a right. Uh, Lexi's problem is her headphones almost got in her hummus. So this is this is kind of indicative of an overarching problem of accessories getting in food. Accessories getting in hummus, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, well... Exclusively hummus. They have a tractor beam. Mm. Hummus, it, it is one of those things that stuff falls into. I've got a it's pair It's grippy of, yet guppy. The two Gs you don't want on your stuff. Exactly. There are certain foods that, like, a headphone could touch mm. and, like, come away with a bit on, but it would still come away. Toast. Exactly. <laughs> A bit of toast. A bit of toast. No butter, t the toast. Just toast. Yeah, as long as it's pre-butter. Yeah, toast. your headphone's not going to touch the toast and just come away with the whole thing of toast. That's true. Toast's an interesting one because whether it's pre- or post-buttered depends on which camp it's in. If it's post-buttered, no. no. No go. No go. So what we're thinking is we need uh, a system safeguarding food. Hummus shield. 
Well, like a salad bar has a sneeze guard. You mean yes. like a hummus shield so you kind of edge in under it so that nothing can touch it except what you intend for. What you about like a cat flap system? Oh, okay. so like in like in nuclear reactors where they've got those two little arms yeah. for like gloves on the inside so you can safely handle hazardous materials. Yeah. So yeah. just on instead of so you get like a pot of hummus, mm. but instead of a lid on the top, there's just kind of like a glass window so you can see how much you have left. Then on the side, there's a little cat flap, and if you want to dip anything in it, you simply open up the cat flap, push it inside, and then take it out again. Mm. Okay. Mm. I'm imagining it's one of those seals like you get at a bottle bank, you know, when you're putting bottles through the holes into the big yeah. bins. Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Would that not get a bit grimy on the outside, do you think? Grimy Almost certainly. A- grimy on the outside. And I think it also, like, when you pull the thing back out, it will take the topping with it. So you'll just get mm. a dry, bristly. <laughs> <laughs> what if we did, like, a, you know, babies have those toys where you put shapes and they have to be the right shape to go in. Oh, yes. yeah. Maybe like a lid like that. So you've got something that's. Maybe they swap out. Maybe you've got a carrot stick version. Maybe you've got a breadstick version. Maybe. Okay, so it's it's rounded to well, it's it, the the shapes are cut into most common the most common yeah. carrots. So you've items. got like yeah. you've got a, the one it comes with naturally probably tortilla chip. Tortilla chip or just like gem, yeah, general crisp. General crisp. Yeah. So you need to have the most obvious dipping holes in this. Oh, dipping holes. Oh wait, wait, yeah. Let's run that back. Hang on a minute. Yeah, patent pending. What dipping have we holes. Done? <laughs> it can't be dipping with a G. It's dipping holes. It's dipping apostrophe holes. With no H either. With dipping, holes. Uh, dipping holes. Dipping holes. Uncle Lester's dipping holes. <laughs> patent pending. Red Uncle are we, Lester. Are we still thinking it's like bristly and like a little bit rubbery? Well, yeah. Yeah, Uncle Lester's. <laughs> Uncle Lester's bristly dipping hole. Red Uncle Lester's. Or Uncle Lester's red dipping hole. I know you're doing a cheese joke, but when do you put cheese in hummus? You're talking to Joel. That is true. When I run out of anything else to put in hummus, <laughs> which the consi- cheese is the only thing left. Which, considering Joel's cupboard is cheese, hummus, and nachos, mm. like it's it's one that one of the pillars are down. I don't want to wait for the cheese to get melted to put on the chip, so I'll put the cheese in the hummus and then. Okay, so Red Uncle Lester's dipping old system for hummus and other dippable dips. Hummus and... Incorporated. Hummus Inc. <laughs> hummus adjacent dips. Um, so that's one... No, I think that's the way of doing it. I, so, it's not too bad. I think the best way to... Because you think about the size of your average hummus pot, it's pretty small. Mm. So I think you've got to kind of stack up multiples. This is really a service that only people who are fiendish yeah. about the hummus are going to want to get on board with. Yeah. Wait, I do have another suggestion. Okay. If you're open to it. As much as we do love Uncle Lester. Red Uncle course. Lester, yes. You know how you can have CD changers where you put in six mm. and you can just spin it around to whatever you want? Yes. Envision a CD changer crossed with a keg. Okay. So are you putting compartments in this keg? You're putting up to six dips in this keg. Okay. okay. You spin it around to select the one you want. Yeah. And then instead of dipping... Or like Russian whatever roulette you... style. Exactly. <laughs> oh, that could be fun. A randomizer. Slap the cake. Yeah. <laughs> um, what a, instead of dipping something into something else, that way you have an open container, there are dangly things, it could be awful. You simply outstretch what you want dip on and you pull the nozzle. Ta-da. Hummus on tap. Ooh, hummus on tap. Now, Ooh, now that's good. That's a dream. However, hummus isn't a liquid. It's not a solid. No, it's somewhere in between. But <laughs> a jelly? Think, it's kind of close to a jelly. Like you think about the, you think about the the, the motion of pumping, you know, pushing down on a pump, and mm. hummus kind of 
oozing out of it. Well, hummus is definitely like soft serve. Yeah, you could miss the whip here, hummus. Yeah, well, how just about... make the cone out of like pitta. Yeah, <laughs> pitta <laughs> have cone. a pitta cone. Soft serve your hummus into it. Perfect. Go over to the sprinkle section. That's where the paprika is. Ah, yeah. of course. And then you've got yourself a <laughs> you've got yourself a, a keg based savory Sunday. Mr. Lester's ninety nine. <laughs> Damn it, Lester. <laughs> Mr. Dippy. A Mr. Dippy. Yeah, that's, that's exactly it. Or Mr. Hippy because it's good for the planet. I guess hummus. Maybe. Who knows? Hummus can't be bad for the planet. <laughs> hummus. What else are we gonna do with chickpeas? <laughs> Okay. That's, that's okay. Well, I like Mr. Dippy. Mr. Hmm. Uncle Lester's patented Mr. Dippy system. Mr. Dippy savory Sunday bar. Mr. Yeah, Uncle Lester's Mr. Dippy savory, <laughs> savory Sunday soft bar. serve Sunday bar. Savory soft serve Sunday bar. I'm Get a bit ready to whip out the DSer on this one, boys. <laughs> I'm a little bit concerned that Uncle Lester is going to start becoming a regular. I don't want he's, Uncle Lester's monopoly. He's infecting confined this. to within this prompt. Okay, but before, Are you sure? before he can't escape. I've never seen him outside of this prompt. <laughs> He's never come to my house outside of this prompt. But it's again, you've you, you've never seen him, but you've never not seen him. So, you know, yeah, he, he could be anywhere. He could be nowhere. It's it's our friend Schrodinger again, back with Uncle Lester. I have a question about Uncle Lester. Okay, <laughs> you said that he was red. Yes, Is he red of hair. Is he red like Clifford the Big Red Dodders? He is, is, is red. Face. He is, is red from. Is he a communist? He's red from tip to toe, inside and out. In, oh, in his heart not, and in his mind. I was gonna say, why do you know what color he is inside? I would hope he was red inside. Okay, so heart and mind, tip to toe. Uncle Lester is red. Yes. What color is his hair? Do you need to ask? I do. That's why I asked. Move. <laughs> huh. Well, now I've got a. Clear... That's the only way you see him coming. <laughs> <laughs> Flash of mauve. Does he? Is it kind of like a nightmare scenario where if you pour too much ketchup, you summon? Uncle Lester, and he kind of arises out of the red. Uncle Lester is a being who lives at the very edge of the red-shifted spectrum. <laughs> Only as in such, the deepest red shall you such, see him. we always refer to him as Red Uncle Lester, otherwise he gets quite upset. And does he start coming through the other colours? He starts coming through the other prompts. He starts <laughs> appearing at the foot of the bed. Red oh. Uncle Lester, call him Red Uncle Lester, lest he uncle your reds. <laughs> He's not ever told me what that means. <laughs> but he whispers it to me every time I pour ketchup. It's very confusing. Yeah. <laughs> if you or anyone you know has been wasteful with condiments, uh, listen back to earlier episodes and listen very closely <laughs> for the begrudging tones of Uncle Lester giving you a lecture on wastefulness. You, I mean, everybody knows the chant you have to say when you pour ketchup to make sure Uncle Lester doesn't come, right? Here comes Uncle Lester. Please don't spill my things on the floor. <laughs> Here comes Uncle Lester. I won't be wasteful with my dips anymore. Uncle Lester. Red Uncle Lester. Yeah, you have, you have to. It's really important you finish with Red Uncle Lester or the entire other part gets negated. <laughs> then you have to close your eyes, spin around, look in a mirror and say, Lester, 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 three times. Yeah. And then you're fine. And then touch something red. Yeah. <laughs> not the ketchup, though. Which is, yep, not the ketchup. It's oh, no. where the expression touch wood came from. It's, it used to be touch red. But it's kind of morphed over the millennia. Yeah. He is, of course, a timeless being. <laughs> he has no concept of time, space, only wasted dips. <laughs> wasted dips and one very specific colour. Red. Next time you have fajitas and you're thinking about putting that extra spoonful of salsa on, you know what to sing. Red Uncle Lester. <laughs> Here comes Uncle, Uncle Lester. Lester. A timeless classic. Yes. So what we're saying is, 
Not only is he a timeless, ageless, condiment-savouring, <laughs> majestic being, Red Uncle Lester, so may he be. <laughs> <laughs> but he's... A- <laughs> SMHP. <laughs> but he also... Mighty as his dippins. He is also, with our help, going to be the new face of the 99 Mr. Dippy. <laughs> Hummus pitta cones with paprika. See, right in there, in, in the heart of that answer was a genuinely good suggestion. <laughs> yeah. Soft serve hummus. It's, it's perfect. Yeah, that in itself is quite good. So mm. I, I, I therefore don't feel bad about whatever that was. <laughs> Joel, take us away from him. He speaks through us. Um, I'm gonna... We are vessels for his dip sermon. <laughs> we are but cute porcelain pots on the countertop <laughs> for his condiment whimsy. <laughs> His celestial ramekins of infinite knowledge. <laughs> oh God! We're going to move on now. <laughs> Let's just take a minute. So, we're going to move on now. Bring things down a notch. Uh, I've got a prompt here from Reddit. It's from user a Freudian slips who says it's really hard to destroy a metal credit card. What? Now, well, I don't know yeah. if you've seen a metal credit card before. No, I've not. They're terrifying. They're terrifying. And the reason they're terrifying is because they shout money. <laughs> no one has a metal credit card unless they are making bank. Yeah. yeah. Unless unless they have to be protected as hard as possible. Well, like, like, you have to get a call from, like, head of the bank, Mr. Lloyd's, Mr. TSB. Lloyd. Lloyd. Lloyd Halifax. Lloyd Halifax. He has fingers in many pies. And they say, look... We've seen what you do. We've seen what you got. We see what you make. We see what you take. Can we give you a shard from the building? They actually cut them out of the wall. They actually, is that how it's done? Yeah. That's why they can only give away a few, because otherwise they wouldn't have a headquarters. I think when you've got an item, the material cost of which is greater than the sum of what's in most people's actual bank accounts. It's mm. not made of gold. I don't know. It depends on how expensive the dude is. Yeah, that's true. I'm pretty sure there's a sultan. Somewhere. Not how rich he is. No. <laughs> how much to buy you? What is? What is? <laughs> how it? much for this? Yeah. What is the value of what I see before me? Yeah. When that value is greater than you, know, you think about it, a regular debit or credit card is just cheap, useless plastic. Mm. Uh, gross. You got something that's metal. They they're the same thickness. They're the same size, but so heavy. Mm. So scary. You can definitely easily weaponize one of them. Oh, mm. without a doubt. Okay, so they are having trouble breaking this apart. Yeah. So when you, you like want to get rid of a credit card, it expires, you want to throw it away. You yeah. can't just throw it away wholesale because someone might find it. Yeah, you have to might... like shred it up, don't you? You shred it or you cut it or you snap the pin or whatever. Yeah. That's hard enough to do with a, a normal debit card. Yeah. Like who has scissors equipped for that? Can metal? Get me my metal shearing scissors. <laughs> Give me my, my metal circular shear- saw. Yeah. I reckon... Scimitars. Well... <laughs> Discuss. Yeah, no, I want to go down that route. That, that route. Scimitars, like, plural. Yeah. So you have to, like, kind of like a, an old sultan. But, like, no, you right. got you got two... Okay, here's... Uh, if you let me run with this... Um, you go ahead, because I had nothing. You put <laughs> the credit card on a kind of a plinth, and then you have one dude run at it from one direction with a scimitar that is horizontal. You get another dude run at it from the other direction with a scimitar that's horizontal, both of which are ever so slightly higher. So they act as like the blades of, a, of, of scissors. Okay. Okay. And they run full force. One hits into it one way and they, as long as they both hit 
the card at the same time, the card will be cleft in twain. So I noticed you required two dudes for your solution. Well, you said yeah. scimitars. I'm just trying to work well, along that route. Could we not have two scimitars that were joined maybe at a hinge? Much in the same way that scissors are. But you think about, okay, well, we've got to examine why the guy is getting rid of this metal card in the first place. Mm. He's probably got some... Too many scimitars. Too many scimitars. And <laughs> too the, many employees ready to wield the scimitar. The bank has taken away his card for reckless scimitar spending. <laughs> he's racked up scimitar debt. <laughs> the likes of which you would not believe. The scimitar shark that came a knocking. Um, That's how he got rid of his last three credit cards. He melted them down into a big scimitar. <laughs> yeah, he keeps making scimitars. <laughs> That's not how it works. But you think about all the expenses that will have been charged to this magic metal card. Mm. There's going to be some sentimental attachment to it. So I think the send-off afforded by two dudes running at it with scimitars would be befitting something of such high it, status. It definitely suits the tone of the card. Yeah, exactly. So um, In the same way that in Lord of the Rings, they can't just break the ring anyway. They have to throw it into the fires of Mordor. I'm yeah. sure there's something else they could have done. Like, yeah, like scimitars. Yeah, it's fucking scimitars. I think I saw one of those in Lord of the Rings, for fuck's sake. Only one, though. Yeah, you look, yeah, you look, you look the really, one scimitar. You look really closely in the background of one scene. There's a dude just going at a ring with a scimitar. <laughs> like, guys, it's, it's pretty good. Actually, this might be it. He's got a whole pile of them behind yeah. him. Just, just ring after ring. People are coming up one by one and queuing and giving him, handing over, exchanging some money. He's throwing it on the pile and saying, don't worry. I've got this sorted. I've got this sorted. Your nation will no longer be in peril. I can't wait for those guys to come and, you know, get me to chop that yeah. ring up. I know. He's, he's, he's got his wife to make a hand-painted sign that says, <laughs> Scimitar ring Steve's. <laughs> Scimitar Steve, Steve's slicing, slicing solutions. Yeah. Slicing solution service. Slicing solution <laughs> service. Serious slicing solution and service. And then he's got a quote, seriously sliceable. And the quote is from Scimitar Steve. <laughs> Scimitar Steve. Scimitar Susan, his wife. <laughs> Scimitress. <laughs> so so maybe, maybe you actually, that's a fair point. Maybe you don't stock up on Scimitars yourself. Maybe you take a pilgrimage to Scimitar Steve. Yeah. Much, much in the same vein as you try and take a pilgrimage with the one ring to destroy it in the only fashion it can be destroyed. Mm -hmm. You know somewhere in this beautiful world, Scimitar Steve is your destination and you have to go on an epic journey through fire and hell yeah. and battles and ring wraiths, sorry, card wraiths. To uh, get to Croydon. To get to Croydon where Scimitar Steve will sort you out in his garage. Yeah. I'm glad I'm not the only one struggling to say scimitar. It's Steve. really, really tough. Yeah, we really set ourselves up badly here. I mean, I did make the joke earlier. We we're probably going to need Diessa. You're really going to need a Diessa on this bit. <laughs> yeah, you thought Uncle Lester was bad for the Diessa. Don't. So may he be. So may he be. So may he be. Thank God. Scimitar Steve is the only character in this prompt. Um, yeah, maybe he's the solution. Maybe this guy just doesn't know about him yet. Freudian Slips hasn't heard of the pilgrimage that he has to make. So, okay, one last thing. Like, the One Ring and Mordor and the and the mountain and all of that, mm. that was passed down in folklore. And they he only heard about it because of... Uh, I was going to say Dumbledore. That's not him. <laughs> Gandalf. No, carry on. <laughs> and then Han Solo turns up and he uses, a, uh, uses the Stargate to get him over the One True Ring so yeah. that... Uh, because otherwise Spock. Atlantis will be consumed by water from... Zeus. Jurassic Park. <laughs> and that's the way that the, the leopard goes. found his spots. <laughs> Amen. Amen. So may he be. <laughs> so, yeah. It, 
So in much the same way as uh, Gandalf passed down the knowledge, we have to have a system of letting people know about Scimitar, Steve. So okay. do you reckon, like, once your expiry date starts coming up on your card, you get contacted, like, you get a knock on the door by a giant wizard? So we're keeping the Lord of the Rings scale. Actually, you know what? We're keeping the Lord of the Rings. Okay, so it's just Lord of the Lord of the Rings, but with cards. Yeah, Lord of the Blings, Cardinal mm. of the Cards. Okay, yes, Cardinal, Cardinal of the Cards. Cardinal of the Cards. Okay. So, um, Band Ralph turns up at your house. <laughs> <laughs> he knows me, Gandalf. <laughs> Gandalf. Ganondorf. No, no. Hang on. Somehow Stepping on some toes. So, so, so legally, legally acceptable Gandalf bootleg turns up at your house. Randolph. Randall. Randall. <laughs> Randall. From Monsters, Inc. Randall the wizard turns up at your house, knocks, <laughs> knocks on your door, comes out and you go, what the hell are you doing here? And it's like, we must go quickly. What happens next? Uh, you get on the mega bus that's parked outside. Is, is it decorated Lord of the Rings style? It is not, but the driver is. <laughs> Cuddle of the yeah. Cards just has like a kind of really shit tinfoil hat. They have like um, stained glass windows. Yeah. With murals from Cardinal of the Cards. <laughs> so you recognise it from your childhood. Yeah. Okay. And they're like, this is a quest. That'll be £2.50. Yeah, very, but well, that's the thing. You're not Did gonna... you book in advance? <laughs> That'll be £5. Next time, <laughs> you go been, on the website. You should have been set a QR code. Did you see? No? No? Ah. Uh, one if second. You, if you recommend to a friend using our app, you can save 25% of your next pilgrimage. <laughs> Randall should have told you all of this. I'm very confused. Okay, so you get on the mega bus. Mm. No, the chariot. The mega chariot. Yep. And that, that and then you kind of... The, the, the pilgrimage is less intense because it's the modern day. You know, you've got public transport, yeah. but it does take a long time. Yeah. So when you arrive in... Is it Croydon? Yeah. We'll say Croydon. Yeah, Croydon. Um, I mean, if you live in Croydon already... That's fine, you just get the regular bus. <laughs> no, you get the mega bus and it takes you up to Newcastle and back. Oh, no. Yeah, there's a circuit. Yeah. You need to do the Scimitar Steve circuit. You have to do one lap. And you need to do a Croydon. successful circuit of the Scimitar Steve circumference. Experience. Experience. <laughs> <laughs> okay, arrive in Croydon, rush up to his door. You have one final test before he will cut up your card for you. He holds you up a Rorschach painting. Okay. Of... And what is it? What could it look like? I mean, it's just three scimitars. It's three scimitars. And you say, I see two scimitars. <laughs> well, hang on, hang on. How about instead of a Rorschach, it's one of those uh, capture things where you've got to click all the boxes that have scimitars in them. <laughs> <laughs> but the trick is, he doesn't want you to get rid of the scimitars, so you actually have to click all the boxes that don't contain it. Yeah. And trick then, question. What? There are no boxes without scimitars in it. Trick, trick question. <laughs> The scimitar doesn't exist. <laughs> That's the final twist. You get inside and he just has a circular saw. And he goes, the scimitar was within you all along. <laughs> and, and you, you look in your back pocket and you're like, oh shit. <laughs> you look at your driver's license, it's just, my name is Steve. <gasps> and he vanishes. Yeah, and you become scimitar Steve wow. to tell the next card holder when they turn up. So he's got one. Yeah. And you've got the second one and mm -hmm. you brought it along and you didn't even realise. Yeah. And the cycle continues forever in earnest. But but <laughs> your card is gone and now you need someone to come to you. And the only way to do that is to call Lloyd and tell him yep. that another is ready. And then Randall gets the call and they're on their way. Randall seems a lot like a tour guide in this scenario, but I like it. I mean, Gandalf kind of was. Hmm. Yeah. Hey, look at those trolls. 
Hey, we're gonna go through some mountains now. Hope there's not a spider. Oh, duck. Oh, God. Oh, this is the one thing I didn't want to happen. Uh, right, okay. I think that's it. Cardinal of the Cards. Perfect yeah. fix. Cardinal of the Cards. Love. The secret time loop that we are all eventually stuck in. We're going to move on now to section of the show, But Better. This is where we take suggestions of our own. They're not so much problems. They are ideas for things that might fix a hole in your life you didn't even realise was there. There's only one in here this week, and I know that it's mine because I put it in nearly an hour ago. This is a, a First World Solutions first. Joel has never once put a suggestion in the butt better hat and no. we're kind of ill-equipped to deal not with really it. Shocked. I don't want to read it. It won't be a shock to me. Well, know what how, it says. Do we, how do we know who gets to read it? I need you to decide amongst yourselves who you think is worthy. Now, are you going to do it in a funny voice? I'm thinking about it. So that'd be funnier than not doing it in a funny voice. However, would you be able to... Now, I, I'm, I want to ask if you'd be able to do it as a rap. A rap song. Joel, is it more than one word? It's three syllables. Okay, what if I lay, what if I give you a beat? A bad one. Okay, so you're suggesting we do this together? I think it, I think that's a good way to do it. Tell you what, in that case, allow me to be your bedrock. You may rap, I may beat. Okay, cool. Okay, okay here we go. Yes, I want to I I round about 86 BPM old school hip hop beat. <laughs> Vestimate. <laughs> That's an anticlimax. <laughs> Vestimate. It's, Joel, uh, it's, what is uh, this? So it's actually Vestimate. 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 Okay, wait, we'll try again, we'll try again. <laughs> Vestimate. <laughs> Damn it. <laughs> so, so close. I am my own man. <laughs> Vestimate is a system I came up with this morning. So I got up. It's nice and warm in my room because I put the heating on to turn on just before I wake up. Then it's nice and toasty. I have no clue how hot it is outside. I don't know what to wear out. Have you ever tried asking someone what to wear out and all they give yep. you is like, oh, it's colder than it was yesterday. It's like, maybe I didn't go outside yesterday. Maybe I overwrapped yesterday. Maybe I underwrapped. I don't know how to deal with this. Okay. Vestima is a system where... Now, I've, I've kind of got a couple ideas of it, but the main idea I had was maybe a piece of clothing that you wear over the top of all of your other clothes that... In much the same way that you can get those boiled egg timers. You know, the kind of rubbery oh, ones? Oh, yeah, the that ones you... that turn different colours. Yeah. yeah, so you boil it in water with your egg, it turns a different colour, and that's when you yeah. know when your egg is egg. The vestiment changes colour based on the weather outside. Yeah. So you look out and you see everyone wandering around in their vestments, and you see that they're kind of a pale green. Yeah. You go, right, so I'll wear a light cardigan and maybe a scarf, possibly a hat in my back pocket just in case. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. You see them out there wearing, and, and it's kind of... I don't know, darker, stormier. You go, okay, it's time for my thick trousers, my big socks, and a thick, like a duffel coat. If no one's wearing their vestment, it means it's too hot to wear a vestment. Yeah. Okay. And uh, they're just wearing I, I quite like this. However, like, the main thing is, like, once you're outside, you, you pretty much know it's all in the preparation stage. Mm. So you said it was when you woke up and you had no idea what it was like outside. Yeah. Basically, what you do is you hang your vestment outside overnight. Okay. Yep. Upon the morning... Mm. You bring it inside, you put your vestment on, and it tells you, based on uh, how you are as a person, your body heat, your weight, your size, and the data it's collected from the last 12 hours it's spent outside, how many items of clothing you need to put on today. Oh, that's good. See, I do like this. However, I was kind of keen for a lo-fi approach. Okay. <laughs> so, 
instead of maybe date, maybe it is just reaction. So it yeah. gets the temperature from outside. And then when you put it on your body, it, it gets your temperature. It gets your temperature just from being in contact and changes in a certain way. And also, you don't have to be a genius to know if you put the vestment on and it is cold to the touch, then it is cold outside. Yeah, also true. You know, it doesn't have to be all bells and whistles. Okay. And equally, if you try to put it in and it is a cinder, you go, well, the nuclear winter has happened. <laughs> yeah. I and won't also, need my duffel coat today. I won't <laughs> need coat today. If you head out, sometimes you can think it's warm for about 20 steps. So you're, oh, I'll leave my coat. And then by the time you're halfway down the road, you're like, actually, yeah. I've made a grave error in judgment. Yeah. The Vestimate sidesteps that by allowing you time to try something on that's been out for a while. Now, yeah, so it was out all night. You know that this is how hot it is. Yeah. Okay, no, I really like that approach. So, yeah, hang it out your window on some kind of weird clothing fishing rod. Mm. You bring it in. And then, actually, yeah, that's the point. It can't really be like hanging out the window because that's not that. You have like new winds. Like it has to be lowered onto the ground. At okay. person level. So kind of like, yeah, we need the vestiment rod. You open up the window in the morning. You reel yep. it up. Okay. You check the color. And you're like, oh, it's looking a bit, it's a bit of a green day today. Uh, you put it on. It turns back to blue. And you're like, oh, okay. That's one jumper. Thank mm. you, vestiment. Yeah. Do you then continue to wear the vestiment outside just to make sure that things aren't going to go too awry? It's a public I, awareness I thing. I do enjoy the community sense of the vestiment. Okay. The idea that it does help you out independently, but also you can get just the sighting on the road. Maybe someone doesn't have a vestiment yet. Maybe they're still saving up, but they can still look at seed and see that there's a sea of green. Okay. And they go, okay, cool. So one jumper it is. Here's my question, though. If you just want to be a looky-loo for vestiments and just base what you wear on seeing how many other people have it mm. you know what's the incentive to buy your own um because if you live in a built-up place like for instance my my flat backs onto a road so mm. i can see quite a lot of people going past so if if a lot of them are wearing vestments and all showing a consistent color yeah i can look at that and i don't have to get my own one to get the same information here's what, what it is what does having a vestiment offer me what does it net you financial incentive okay you wear a vestiment all vestiments are branded if you wear your vestiment for that brand out and about, you mm. get a discount. Okay. I like that. If you wear your, your Tommy Hilfiger vestiment, you get a 20% discount when you go in store. And also, it probably looks a bit nicer than the it other ones. It probably mm. does, yeah. Your Primark vestiment, it's not, it barely changes colour. Yeah. But if you are loyal and you wear it, wander into a store, there you go. If you get if someone takes a picture of you in it, yep. you get a coupon. It's this like, is amazing as well. Deal. I get it. Because... Yeah. It's going to be difficult for a lo-fi vestiment to know how thick your clothes are. Yeah. If you're wearing a Tommy Hilfiger vestiment, you know that the colours it's telling you is telling you how many Tommy Hilfiger, Hilfiger jackets ah, to put on. I see. The colours might be a little bit different you look outside because some people are wearing different brands. Yeah. But you spot the person that's wearing your brand or you like bring it. in your own brand from outside and you know. <laughs> and now one final question before we wrap this up. Yeah. Are we a bit concerned about the rise of tribalism that this will kind of start i mean no more so than you know your uh your patagonia against north face tribalism that already exists yeah i mean kind of but like i'm wondering i'm worried about like with things such as such simple colors we're gonna kind of start a vestiment race war oh, of the yeah, pinks yeah. versus the greens but that's not dependent on the person that's dependent on the climate it's unifying mm. In a sense, in a but sense, yeah. But if one company goes rogue and uses different yeah, colors, exactly. I mean, yeah, it's like that's the someone, trouble. It's like when someone brands, you know, ready salted crisps is yeah. not 
red or bands with you know, salt and vinegar and cheese and onion the wrong colours the wrong way yeah. around you know it's mm. uh, green and blue get them the right way around yeah otherwise for god's sake we yeah. best not mention which is the right way around because I was gonna I don't want to upset 50% of our fan base yeah, yeah we'll, we, we'll discuss this off air yeah <laughs> but yeah so okay so the rise of tribalism tribalism is a concern yes um, it's not that it wasn't mentioned on the design docket um, more that no one cared no one cared it was kind of a footnote we, we hadn't had our lunch yet <laughs> it's mainly because tribalism does drive sales even if it does kind of bring about the end of society as we know it yeah uh, we've got overheads to think of we're short and midterm thinkers so <laughs> it's either super long or tomorrow yeah <laughs> or tomorrow is too late i mean right now uh i like it yeah the vestiment yep. that the vestiment. is actually a very elegant solution for your first but better you should be very proud i am quite proud yeah and it had a few kinks but we worked them through together that, that to be honest compared to our last few they barely had any kinks at all yeah last week we didn't even know what we were doing that's true but we got there we did thank you the for vestiment. vestiment that's quite all right i think with vestiment ironed out it's time to close out the show thank you once again for listening, we have been First World Solutions. If you like what you heard today, then uh, share it around. Send it to some friends. We got SoundCloud links, we got iTunes links, we got all the links. Come get your links. Link me up. Or Well, that's what your friend will have to say to you. That's what they're probably already saying to you. Yeah, they're whispering it in your ear. Link me up, link me up. And you're like, no, you, no, you know how to go do it. And if you want to know where to find the links to link up your friends who want the links, then I will tell you where the links are. The links are... The places you can find us, examples of which are Twitter. We're at FWScast on Twitter. That's a link you can find and send. Also Facebook, First World Solutions. That's the name of the podcast. That's the name of the page. And you can email us directly at FWScast at gmail.com. If you've got any of your own problems or thoughts, send them our way. And then we can help you by helping ourselves to find something to help everyone. If you're listening to us on iTunes, it really helps us out. If you can leave a rating and a review, let us know what you thought of the show. Do you like it? Do you really, really not? Does it make you afraid in the night times that the uncle that can't be there? So may he be, so may he be, so may he be. I mean, if that upset you, maybe leave us a two star and tell us such so that we don't bring him up ever again. However, it really helps us out to get those reviews. It helps bump us up the iTunes charts and, and turn us into nice popular boys. And to be honest, we really just love seeing your comments and uh, hearing what you guys think of the show. So please do that. But in the meantime, thanks once again for listening. I've been Joel. I've been Oscar. I've been Tom. No problems. No problem. No problem.